Introducing Minor Wisdom Quintet. Oh. 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 Hope everybody had a Merry Christmas, and uh, for my people, had a great Saturday. As I record this, it is Saturday, so I still haven't done my traditional, well, it's been a dying tradition, but it's it's hopefully getting some new legs, but used to do the Chinese food thing. Very stereotypical for my people to go to Chinese food in a movie. Used to do that as a kid, and even into my teen years and into college, Went to Kim Son with, uh, which is not Chinese, by the way, I know. Save your emails. Just kidding, nobody emails me. But uh, I used to go to Kim Son with uh, a friend named Blake, coincidentally, and Larry Dockschlager, who's been on here before, my former director. We used to go quite a bit. And this year, tonight, I haven't gone yet, uh, we're doing uh, Chinese, I think Chinese Chinese food, because Blake uh, Nolenberg, one of my dearest and closest friends in the entire world, A, had a baby not too long ago, which is crazy. But anyway, got immersed in the world of Cantonese uh, many years ago. About Well, I say many, uh, six years ago, seven years ago, he got immersed in the world of Cantonese. Learned, he's now, uh, he doesn't say he's fluent. I think the definition of fluent is something like, you know, 15,000 words or something like that. He's darn close but he knows a lot of Cantonese and you might be wondering why Cantonese nobody nobody in China even really speaks Cantonese uh, it's almost all Mandarin and Mandarin is I think the second most popular language in the world I, I'm not looking I don't have a uh, research team but anyway uh, so he he did not bother with Mandarin but he ended up marrying a Mandarin uh, woman and so they uh, yeah so he's like all all China all the time, all Chinese all the time. No, you know, it's like constantly he speaks it to me and I have absolutely no idea what I'm, what he's talking about. And you probably don't care that I'm telling you all of this, but uh, I get to say what I want on here. This week, this week I've got Abe Ramirez on. I've actually wanted to get Abe on for a while. He's one of those people again that, that I've never really gotten to know in person i've seen his facebook profile pop up multiple multiple times as somebody you might know and now we are finally we've become facebook official Mm, skinny anyway so we uh we became friends on facebook and i saw him at thespians and i think i gave him a sup like a like a little head nod or something i I think i did I, i feel like i did and finally reached out to him to see if he wanted to be on and he without hesitation was like yes queen uh anyway uh no he was he didn't say that but he was he was like yeah absolutely i will so i had a bond i loved getting to know him uh one of again one of those people i can say this only i can't say this about everybody but i won't tell you who i won't say this about but uh i could talk to abe for a long time we we really could and I could have had a longer conversation with him, but I like to keep these things short and sweet. I like my podcasts like I like my women. Um, short, sweet, to the point, and digital. Eh? Anyway, so yeah, so it was really fun to have Abe on this week. I did put a few interviews in the can. Uh, I talked to a couple of legends, if you will. 
and a couple of people that just kind of want to want to want other people to get to know. I talked to somebody that that Billy Dragoo told me you got to have on because he's super interesting, and I told him that. Uh, and speaking of Billy, I think everybody that is friends with Billy and or Annie on Facebook has been seeing that she just uh, got a new heart, which is awesome. Like like beyond awesome. I think that's. I think that's beyond awesome. I, th- I don't know what beyond awesome is, but it's not just awesome. It's beyond awesome, especially right around the holidays. And according to the social media stuff that Billy's posting, things, knock on wood, are going as planned or, or as expected. Maybe not planned, but I don't think anything anybody plans for this stuff, but it's going as expected uh, for Annie. So all every if you pray... If you do the thoughts and prayers, if you just, you know, are a kind person, uh, which isn't always people that do thoughts and prayers. But anyway, if you're just somebody that hopes the best for everyone, uh, I hope you're thinking about Annie and Billy especially too. Uh, But I hope, you know, you guys are uh, there in your thoughts because, man, it's such a, right now, this is such a unique and, uh, uh, pardon the pun, but heartwarming story so far. So, uh, I, I'm, I'm super excited to, to watch the progress and see how Annie pushes through and then, uh, returns to dominating the world. Uh, kind of like Pinky and the, I feel like Billy and Annie aren't evil like Pinky and the brain, but I feel like they could be Pinky and the brain, the nice Pinky and the brain, but whatever, I digress. Uh, I hope you're getting your, your sonic drinks, uh, Billy. I hope that's, that's keeping you, keeping your, uh, uh fuel or keeping you fueled. Man, I'm not English and good right now. I hope everybody's having a safe and happy holidays. It is a dangerous time out there right now. I've started to mask up again. I hope other people are being smart about it and just making good decisions and everyone's staying healthy. I've got a couple of uh, friends that ended up getting COVID. I don't know if it's the Omicron one. I don't know how you tell necessarily without like getting more specific, but I really don't know how that works, how you know you got a certain... Uh, version of the virus but I do have some people on the mend and I've been home all week uh my family left me uh right as the break started my kids and wife left me uh no they didn't like leave me leave me but they did go up to Dallas to see my mother-in-law and they've been there all week and I'm bored af I did watch uh, a couple of things but I watched Don't Look Up which I highly recommend great movie. Now, that said, I po- it is a political satire. So if you're a somebody that uh like is a super hardcore right conservative and don't have a sense of humor, don't watch it. Uh B, if you are super left liberal democrat, uh you also should have a sense of humor about it cuz they do kind of poke fun at that as well. So uh, luckily, I'm a moderate. <laughs> I see the best of both sides because most Jews are moderates. I'm just uh, throwing that out there. But anyway, uh, it is a great movie. Awesome cast. I really enjoyed it. Haven't seen Spider-Man yet. Waiting for Ava to come home because I was going to take her to see it. It'll be the first movie I see in a movie theater in years. Not just because of COVID, but I'm just not a go-out-and-see-a-movie kind of guy. Never really have been. So... Uh, I am looking forward to taking her to see that because she's become a big Marvel and especially Spider-Man fan. So hope everybody had a happy 
Saturday. A Merry Christmas. Hope everybody got what they wanted. Socks, underwear, power wheels, which is what I always wanted. My parents never got it for me. Screw those. I'm so mad right now. Uh, and I hope everybody is staying healthy and happy. And enjoy this week's interview with a really awesome, uh, beyond awesome, Abe Ramirez. I was always a performer. I guess my family would tell you. Um, there's always like that dark or that black sheep in the family that was me. Um, and uh wasn't until I think middle school when we finally got to Texas because I was uh, I'm military and a pastor's kid that's a a lot to handle um so uh I was the only one in my whole family for six generations now was not born in Texas so I was born in Hawaii and then from Hawaii we moved to uh California from California we moved to Edinburgh and for me it was such a jarring um experience because the grass was no longer green so uh, <laughs> I was very confused. Um, so, uh, but it wasn't until um, maybe now that we're in Texas, uh, middle school, San Antonio, Texas, um, at Longfellow Middle School that I participated in my first one-act play, middle school, um, the middle school versions uh, that they're all around uh, Texas. And um, it didn't dawn on me that it was a competition until the actual like competition day. And um, we were doing ASOPs. Uh, clinic and I played Aesop and um, it was a cute show and it wasn't until like this judge was telling me like giving me notes and critiques and I was like what is happening like why are you telling me that I I need to soften my voice some and not sound so angry I was like I don't know what you're talking about um, and then from there it kind of all clicked and um, all kind of went from that point on forward um, I attended um, Thomas Jefferson High School in uh, San Antonio, Texas, which in the day was a fine arts magnet uh, academy um, that was uh, put together by the, the the infamous Robert Ream, who unfortunately is no longer with us anymore, but he um, basically auditioned me and I got into the program. Um, then he had a terrible fall, um, um, which is why I'm like a, a stickler for safety in the theater. Um, and then uh, Joseph Brown came in and kind of took over the program. That's who my mentor was during that time. And um, I got in for acting. So every all the fine arts, you audition, you went in and you were a, a, a major, if you will. Um, and so mine was an acting major. And so we basically, I took all the acting courses. I did one act again, but again, I didn't realize it was one act until it happened. <laughs> um, but I did uh, a fall show, our musical, then it got real. Like, I was like, oh, this is something I really like to do. And then the uh, one act play happened. And I remember um, Mr. Brown just said, hey, I need you for this role. It was a kid role for JB. Um, and I was like, cool. Yeah, I'll play this role. I had like four lines at most. And then of course, spoiler, I die off in the end. Um, and don't go back on, but I was able to like to watch all the upperclassmen and seem like, man, they are really good. Um, and I told my kids, I'm like, I was so naive to what one act play was. It wasn't until like the, they told us we didn't win. And I was like, wait, what do you mean we didn't win? This was a competition again. There was a competition for theater. And then it like, I was so naive and then it clicked again. And then it kind of, it became real in that moment. Um, uh, so that was my freshman year. And then of course, as a military kid and a, um, pastors get, I moved around. So I moved from there to uh, Channel View, Texas for my sophomore year. 
um, Miss Dowdy, 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 uh, I believe. There's so many teachers. <laughs> um, she just recently retired um, from Channel View, and I know she's gonna maybe listen to this and be upset at me. But um, I wasn't in the theater program that year. Actually, I was a choir student that year. Um, and Mr. O'Riordan and I was uh, uh, I took private voice lessons and kind of refined my voice during that year. And then um, got the musical was the understudy for uh, Joseph and the amazing technology Trinko. And then there uh, our Joseph got sent to um, alternative school <laughs> the next day after the castles went up. And so I became Joseph. And then that's kind of where like, um, she saw me, took me under and said, hey, I need some, again, she's, people, I never get my roles. People are just like, hey, I need you. Um, and she's like, hey, can you be our, when I play uh, The Witch is Not for Burning? I was like, yeah, sure. Again, don't know what it is. Didn't, again, like the hype of the competition wasn't real for me. Um, still, this is be my, what, second official when I play. Um, we didn't win. I got an award. I was like, okay, this is nice. Now, now I'm starting to get it. Um, then right when I got like, I joined Thespians, I was the vice president or going to be the vice president. Then all of a sudden, boom, we move again. Uh, go back to San Antonio. Um, I asked my, uh, my mentor, Joseph Brown, I was like, Hey, I know this is weird, but, um, I'm back in San Antonio. I don't know where to go to for school. Can I please go back as a major and still be in the program? And he's like, of course, come back. We're waiting for you. Um, that was one of my best years of my high school experience. Um, I knew what I was doing. I knew how to play the game. Uh, I then, uh, asked to double major in acting and dance. And so I was part of the dance, um, program as well and became, um, part of the, Thomas Jefferson lassos. So I don't know if um, people in San Antonio will know who, what they are, but if you ever see um, a group of girls and maybe one or two boys down a parade and they have these lassos happening, um, that's the Thomas Jefferson lassos and we dance with the lassos and perform with them. Um, that year, oh my God, what, year, what, what did we do that year for one act? God knows, I can't remember. I'm sure Billy Dragoon knows. <laughs> <laughs> I could call him up right now. I'm like, remember what I did? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he knows. Yeah, he would. He would. I cannot remember what we did that year. Um, then, um, again, uh, had the time of my life, did a lot of great stuff, and then um, moved on to a different school, had to move again um, due to being a pastor's kid. And we moved to my senior year, we moved to Tom, uh, Far San Juan Alamo North um, with uh, the Gilbert Zepeda. Uh, amazing man, amazing program he had. And I felt like I didn't belong there because all of his people were amazing. And then uh, come to find out they were nervous I was coming because I was a magnet student and they were like, who is this guy? And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I know just as much as y'all do. If not, you know more. Um, I mean, that year we did um, uh, the Russian play, Government it's, Inspector. It's, uh, yeah. we did the Government yeah. Inspector that year and um i played the 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 butler guy but i played him like so like deranged and nasty and i had so much fun with that um and then uh then of course time came to of uh, graduating and i had two over older siblings and they my brother dragged his feet um graduating technically still isn't graduated um from college yet my sister um was one of those 10 year um college attending people so I wanted to make sure that I like 
I just needed to get done and like find a place and get it done. And so I was really adamant about finding the good place that I wanted to be at, but also within the refines of like how much it costs and all that. So I did my homework my senior year and um, I had two choices ultimately to stay in Texas because everything outside of Texas, even though I got accepted to it, was too expensive. Um, So because I was a pastor's kid, I had like two of the Methodist schools in um, Texas that I could go to either um, McMurray University in uh, Abilene or um, Southwestern University in Georgetown. And um, Abilene was great. Uh, However, the town, (laughs) it's lovely. Um, And then um, Georgetown, I missed the deadline for the audition. Um, But as we were driving back from Abilene, I get a call and like, hey, an opening just came up. Would you like it? And I called immediately back and I was like, yes, please, please, please. And so um, and then they said, oh, yeah, you need another monologue. I only had like a monologue and a song. And they're like, you need need another monologue, like two monologues. And of course, like I'm dumb. I I didn't know what monologues were good, what monologues were not good. Um, I don't know why my like thinking back, I'm like, why didn't my teachers tell me? Like, or why didn't I ask all those questions? And so I quickly got one of those a horrible like monologues for teenage books and like quickly memorized it the hour up we got there and then performed it. And then um Rick Romer, the um Dean, uh, the chair at the time of the um, the theater department was like, how long have you had that monologue? I was like, <laughs> an hour ago, actually. He's like, well, it shows. I was like, cool, thanks. Um, after some banter after that, they um, they gave me um, some scholarships that were uh, wanted me right then and there. And um, so I said, no, McMurray, yes, Southwestern. And then I began my whole uh, college career there. Um, and I went in th- thinking in the back of my head that I wanted to be a theater educator. Um, So I dabbled in some of the prereqs for both education. Um, But to me, I was like, I know what I'm doing when it comes to that stuff, because I come from a family of educators. If I didn't know what I was doing, I could just call up my aunt. I was like, hey, can I have have some help with this? Or um, my sister was finally like, that's where the past she was going on after the 10 years, the final four years. She was like, okay, yeah, that's what we're doing. So I was fairly confident in that. And after taking some of the education courses, I was like, I I don't, I don't need this. I need to uh, learn what I'm doing in my field because my field's very specific. And um, sometimes if I, I, I still in the back of my head, I was like, okay, if I'm going to be an educator, sometimes they don't have two people, you're, you're the only person and you have to do all of it. You have to do the tech side and you have to do the acting side and you have to be a good director and just all of that. So um, I switched to a, just a regular BA to a BFA program in there at Southwestern. Um, and I, my degree was uh, specifically in acting with the emphasis in directing. Um, so there's only two of us that um, did the directing strand at um, Southwestern when we graduated, me and my uh, friend, Alexis Getty. Um, I appreciated that time because it, they they gave me opportunities that I know I wouldn't have gotten from just doing performance. Um, and I don't know if I was a good performer, but I do know that I was a good leader, how like I basically took hold of everything and that's how I became a stage manager as well um, there at Southwestern um, and kind of learned like all the backs, the planning and the 
the backstage stuff that I, no one tells you about. And then I was like, okay, this is, this is good for me to know because of course, as a teacher, you have to do all of that and as an educator. So it was very good. Um, but at Southwestern is where Tal Estraco camp um, happens. And I know you've heard of that, uh, about that camp um, a lot in this, but as a junior, um, I, uh, SM'd for Scott Tipton um, for his production of Skin of Our Teeth, um, which was very interesting. And that's where the Wooly Mammoth uh, came in that Cheryl was talking about. So I I've, I fondly remember that, um, <laughs> that construction and that. She was like, what do you need? I was like, I need a Wooly Mammoth is what he said. Here you go. And then I walked away just as a little student. And then, um, uh, but man, that script was so bizarre. But then like the way he just adapted it for the kids to understand was was great. It was great. And it, it really like opened my eyes. And then I got to see a production from Billy Dragoo and then a production from Craig Hurdle. And I'm like, mine is blown what the, these high school productions could be. And so I was like, well, this is too good to like pass up so the following year um i went to our um our sm and lighting uh, instructor at the university and i said hey look you want me to be your production manager <laughs> so i did that job um just so i could kind of cement my um name with these people that are amazing like the natasha tolson's and uh, the mark mckell's i'm like i need to be with these people because they're gonna teach me what i need to know and so I, that year, it was, oh, it was a year. Um, There's some heavy hitters uh, during that year, big shows when I was SMing. And I was like, of course, it's when I'm doing it. I had only three break, emotional breakdowns. Um, but uh, but it was it was great. It was great. And again, it just kind of cemented my my work ethic. And that's what people know me as, as um, this production manager and stage manager. Um, and I got my first gig. I literally had to leave like a day within the two weeks of the camp. And I had my best friend who's my ASM. I was like, you're fine. Just call me if anything happens. And I had to leave, go interview interviewed and then came back and I was able to say I'm a teacher now and that was uh, at Lavernia High School I was the technical director there for a year then um graduated I was like I'm out of here I got a job y'all peace um then I went to go teach and um they don't tell you how hard the first year is so when I find a student teacher I tell them like it's okay to cry and then I, they like they laugh at me and I grab them like no it's okay to cry um you will cry even though you don't think you will you're going to cry and that's perfectly okay and that's where wine and or chocolates come in handy um and that's where that's what I would uh I always tell them even I to this day um because it was hard it was hard I drove uh, an hour um every morning to work and an hour every day back um it was hard because that year they're like all right you're teaching technical theater i was like okay great where's the shop they're like that's funny what do you mean i'm like there's no shop they're like no of course not there's no shop so i had to and then where my classroom was was in an actual classroom and the theater space was like, I wouldn't say a block down, but it was a ways away from where my classroom was into the actual pack. And then in order to get into the pack, I had to make sure that I um, reserved a spot to get into the pack um, with the pack manager, who was the principal's um, father. And then um, 
they said you can go to the, the cafetorium and that's the stage that's uh, there and work by, back there. And I was like, that's probably where I'm going to do most of my stuff because I don't feel like going back and forth, even though it was still a walk. Um, but it was hard because especially as a new teacher, um, and I didn't, I didn't uh, graduate with an education um, certification. I graduated with a BFA in acting and a theater uh, with a degree in acting with an emphasis in directing. And um, I took some minor classes because at some point I was like, I'll be a minor because the education professors like really talked me into it and um, really hyped me up. And I was like, oh, that's nice, but I'm not gonna, I don't want to waste my hours on that. Um, and so I went and I got my alt cert with uh, Texas, uh, alternative, alternative certification of Texas which was a great program, two weeks worth, hard hitting stuff. Like they hit you, hit you, hit you with all the important stuff. Here's how you do a lesson plan. And it was taught by people who are actually teachers who went through the program. So they're like, here's the real, <laughs> here's the real shit. Like, let me tell you. And I appreciated that because it kind of like, it grounded you and you're like, okay, like they, if they can get this and like talk about a time where he had to walk out of his classroom before he said something, it was like, I get this, cool. Um, but because they also had to, um, observe me as well as my actual observation I was super like high stakes that first year and then I didn't have a shop and I was like what do you want me to teach in technical theater so I developed a curriculum that was all hypothetical which I was pretty proud of <laughs> pretty proud of all the hypothetical uh stuff so but I taught them everything from like um set design and we built um flats out of construction paper using like all the proper vernacular then I taught them how to do mask work I taught them how to sew and that was like the best uh, lesson that I did because I had the next day all my football players like bringing in their pants listening to the lesson as like they're sewing up their pants and I was like okay that's cool <laughs> mom's emailing me thank you for making it learn how to show a little button it helps so much I was like well I'm glad I'm glad that happened and then um of course taught them basics of lights um not that much uh because again how to travel so much and then I also taught um helped teach his um kind of like production class as well and I did theater two three and we did two version one act versions of um shows and that was fun and that was they only did like the one act and then a uh, uh, kind of like a talent variety show that they did. And I was like, no, 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 we got to do more shows to get you guys better. Um, and then that was, that was the end of that year. And that was fun. But I knew it was like, I need to be somewhere where I'm going to learn that's going to challenge me. And so at that uh, one act play or not, sorry, not when I play uh, at the Taos camp that year, that year, was I dorm dad that year? Yes. I thought my time at <laughs> Taos camp was going to be over because I graduated. I was like, they don't need me anymore. But uh, they called me uh, to be the dorm dad. And I was dorm dad that year and have been forever on. Um, but uh, in that year, Gloria McLucky grabbed me and she was like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm I'm at Lavernia. She's like, do you like it? I was like, mm, I guess. She's like, no, you're going to work with me. I was like, OK. And she took me um, to Corsicana with her to uh, work um there and I learned so much from that woman um I can speak all the kind beautiful words about her and she took me as one of her families during that time and I texted her after I listened to her um her episode on your podcast because she was like and then he left me I was the one that left her <laughs> I like cackled and I texted her I was like wait to wait to call me out hon <laughs> Um, and it's true, uh, but that year was so great. She let me, uh, she let me uh, direct and 
do basically everything for the musical that year. We did the fall show, which was a piece of my heart, which I loved. I love that script. And um, she gave me a compliment and was saying how like my lighting really helps the audience see. And I was like, I didn't understand what she meant by that until like much later. I was like, oh, that's a real good compliment from Gloria McLucky. Um, and then um, we did uh, Playhouse Creatures that year. Um, for one act play and that was such an amazing experience to work with her and see how her process was and also how how to have a good um, relationship between um, partners and how like I would say something and she would be like "Mm, let me think about it or she would never be that dumb something she would with right for reason because <laughs> I was still a young director and she's like we can't do that I was like okay I get it cool 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 um but no it was uh, I love that show it was so beautiful uh, I think we just made it to area that year um but I will I will treasure working with her um and that that year that I worked with her um forever I would have stayed um but things at home I needed to go back home and be with my family just to kind of help out with some stuff and so I got a job at East Central working with Maggie Booz um who also I met at Taos Camp so this is why I wanted to make sure I went to Taos Camp um uh and I taught there for four years and that we built a great program I love those kids with all my heart um and Maggie's amazing and it was really it was really a um a dual partnership. It was never like head director, assistant. It was just a, always dual. Um, she made me feel so included on everything. And it was, it was a great partnership. And um, we went to grad school the same time during that, uh, that time while she was also pregnant. And so it was, it was a fun time, had <laughs> fun time. Um, so we have great memories, but those kids are amazing. And that's where I kind of started my uh, musical theater program. I tried to build it um, from the ground up that year. Cause that's what I've always wanted to do is build a theater pro- musical theater program to teach kids and get kids better prepared for um, either the uh, professional world of um, auditioning and performing or just to be better for colleges because I was not. And so I don't ever want that feeling to happen to my kids that happened to me in those initial uh, auditions. So that's what I really wanted to do. And I and I built it up and we um, got a new facility um, and a new pack during that time. And I just felt something in me was like, it's time to, um, I need to find something else to do somewhere else to be um and uh that's where I interviewed and got in at Harlan High School with Brand Green um was there for two years and I was just the technical director and um that's where I challenged myself it was a bigger auditorium um hydraulic uh orchestra pit that went up and down that nobody knew how to work so I had to practice my French and call the Quebec offices and say I need help (laughs) someone help me please um and then, uh, so that challenged me and really helped me, uh, give me my confidence about being a tech director. Cause there's a lot of stuff that, um, I knew I could do, but then there was stuff that I, I was like, I got to figure out how to do this, make this work. Um, especially to the bigger, um, six, a, uh, um, size that it was. And I really loved it there. Um, the kids were great and they just kind of like, they were hungry to learn how to build and learn how to do lights and learn how to sew. And it was great. And so I will always cherish my uh, moments, my kids there. And then, um, I was uh, messaged by one of my friends, uh, Carter Ridge also from 
child's camp. Uh, <laughs> and she said, uh, hey, look, I know you wanted to have your own, um, be the head of your own department. We have a opening at the, this uh, Koma ISD if you'd like it. Um, what do you say? And it, this is three weeks before school starts, mind you, in the new year. And I said, girl, you're crazy. I don't know if I can do that. She's like, just think about it. Um, and so push comes to shove. I, I send my stuff, I interview, and I get hired two weeks before school started, and then I go. Um, and it's been a whirlwind. Um, I was given a musical with two cast uh, for Rock of Ages, which was very difficult. And if you don't know the score for Rock of Ages, it's a hard score <laughs> um, for any anyone, especially students. Like they don't modulate the keys or anything. They just make they give you like a note difference. And I'm like, okay, cool. You want my boys to sing that? Okay. Um, but they did it, and I had two casts, and I'm trying to trying to learn a, a different district and how the policies and all the new grading works uh, was challenging. And finally, things have slowed down. We just uh, auditioned for our one act play, and it's a full circle moment. And I'm doing JB this year, um, and uh, we're really excited for it. I'm still cutting that script because it's an hour right now, and so I got some more cutting to do. Um, but that's kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Cool. A rock of ages yeah i just i just saw the tuts version of that the the houston version so it's intense yeah but at least the music the music's fun um all right so i i took a uh quite a few notes and uh i don't know if this is in any particular order in which i'm going to ask you but i first i have to ask about the lassos uh while you were talking i quickly looked at their website and saw some of the stuff they do once a lasso always a lasso that was right at the top of the website but can you still, do, I mean, is it called, it's called lassoing, right? I mean, I'm a, or the the art of lassoing or I don't know. So it's a trick, a trick rope. It's a trick yeah, rope. So okay. I'm not going to uh, say that it was, it, it's a, like a, a specific skill, which I, all of us who have done it, like if you give us a, a lasso, you will always remember how to do it right. because it takes a lot of time and patience to learn how to do that, especially to dance with it. Um, but yeah, no, I still have my rope. It's tucked up away somewhere mm-hmm. um, in my uh, boxes and um, I'm going to bring it out for JB. So to be one of the tricks for one of my yeah. um, performers to use. And I was going to, um, we were going to do Oklahoma um, before uh, we switched to Mary Poppins. And so I had my lasso ready to go to give one of my students to teach him. Yeah. I was going to teach them all how to do it for the, forgot the character's name. Um, not the main one, but the second guy. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. But yeah, but so we, we were gonna, yeah, I was gonna teach them how to do the rope, but yeah, nope, still so can do it. So you can't just pick up any rope and just no, it has yeah, to it's have a be that. Yeah, yeah, um, the real lasso ropes are like actually like, like heavy, and yeah, like yeah, those now nah, you it's a cotton rope and it's called a trick rope for a okay. reason. Um, there's like a uh, some of them have the the I forgot what it is, but it's like a metal, um. Sort of a grommet of kind of thing, or yeah. Yeah. kind of helps it. Yeah, the rope go through it. Um, okay. uh, I was captain. I was going to be captain my senior year, which hurt because that's why I moved and it hurt. So I didn't uh, fulfill that. But I remember um, the captain. If you're a lasso rope captain, you had to for 
pep rallies had to stand on a box and get the giant lasso, which was a hundred foot lasso. And you had to lasso that thing all over the, all around the, the, the gym floor and everyone was going crazy for it. And because I was the man that got it, the last alumni were like, well, let's make it a little bit bigger. Yeah. I was like, crazy. I'm just <laughs> crazy. as a lighting person, I'm, I'm imagining it being like an led rope. And you know, when you're twirling the thing, it's just L- uh, that, that could be, that could be kind of fun. There you go. There's, Good. there's your idea. When we, uh, when we did the flambeau parade, which is a night parade, they tied, um, <laughs> the, what do you call it? Those, uh, glow sticks to yeah. it and it weighted down. So all the arms were just yeah. sore and wrists were sore at the end of that five mile wow. uh, parade. What a, that's, yeah. What a, what a skill. That's kind of cool. So the, I think the teacher you were thinking of at channel view is Dowler, Catherine Dowler. Yes. Yes. Miss Dowler. Dowler. Okay. Yes. I Again, I looked it up while you were talking. <laughs> so it, it's not, again, not my Billy Dragoo knowledge. Uh, just just the use. Yeah, it's my Google knowledge. Uh, what does your sister teach? Um, she teaches uh, social studies. Okay. And a school teacher as well. Do you ever do you ever call on her to be a, like a dramaturg for you or like to see if you can get some helpful hints from? I mean, some things I'm like is this true? And she's like, yeah. I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> like, then yeah. I just go yeah. off that. I'm like, when did this happen? Okay, cool. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> just, just quick, that. quick, quick things. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the other thing that I, that stuck out to me during, uh, kind of your background was so going to Jefferson, which is, uh, I guess sort of the HSPVA of San Antonio. So, um, uh, w- like I knew of Jefferson back when I was at HSPVA. What's that? What's that, what'd you say? It's no longer a magnet, yeah. It's no longer a magnet school, um, but it was back in the heyday. Like, right. Was when I was there, and like I think it stopped being a fine arts magnet. It's still a magnet school, but for architecture. Right. But it stopped being a fine arts magnet. I think in 2012. Okay. Yeah, but. Uh, but yes, you're right. Yeah. So they. So the the thing that stuck out to me was though because at HSPVA and I've said it on this pod before, uh, so you can skip 30 seconds. But PVA never. Um, competed in one act play because they were under the idea that if we win of course we should if we don't why aren't we that kind of thing so what was the reason that a that jefferson which is you know grabbing these top tier performing arts kids what what was their justification for competing they just something to do kind of thing or um well because it was the the thing about it, it, it was a school within a school. So you had the main high school, which was Thomas Jefferson. Then you right. had this small magnet academy that was in inside that had these pool of students that were just the fine arts kids. And so not only the fine arts kids were allowed to be into the one act play, so he was able to kind of mix and match all of you. So if you were chosen to be in the one act play, you were like on Got cloud it. nine, but then you also knew, well, we're going to do the spring show. So that's fine. Right. Like, it, so it wasn't, it wasn't like all of his best kids were in there. He kind of picked and pulled um, some, cause I knew that about that year, there was only like maybe four of us Got it. that were actual magnets in the, um, in the show that year. So just, I think that's kind of what's his uh, um, thought process. That kind of was a playing field for everyone. Open audition for the whole school. So, okay. That, that explains it. So, uh, do you fancy yourself as a technical director or acting director, or do you fancy yourself just as a theater artist? <laughs> <laughs> Heavy words. Um, yeah. 
I, I would say theater artist only because I know th- I I don't say technical director because I don't think I'm not a Mel Edwards, <laughs> but I don't say uh, acting um, director because I'm also like I'm not a not a Billy Dragoo that can coach students the way he does. So I can just I feel like I'm just kind of putting my all my hands in all <laughs> the cookie jars in order to just do my job, which is to teach theater um, to my kids, no matter what yeah. lane it is. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and I'm, I'm of similar nature. I, I guess I lean more towards the technical side of things, but, uh, you know, I think that well-rounded, uh, theater artist is probably the, the better educator, uh, no offense to people that are in education that are not well-rounded, but it's just that, you know, you can give different perspective and, and, and kind of speak from different, uh, uh, areas of the field, I guess, if you will, but against no offense to Mel, uh, who, uh, you know, maybe she's a diamond in the rough when it comes to the stage and she can just, she's like the most, uh, talented dramatic actress. And we, we just don't know. She, you know, she's like texting right now. (laughs) Right. Uh, so, um, you also mentioned that you, uh, you're, you were kind of naive when it came to knowing that one act play was, or, or at the time, that uh, in middle school that it was a competition and then you kind of, again, it had that sort of similar feeling in high school that first year. Do you, I'm assuming you kind of take that feeling and talk to your students about like, hey, you know, let's make sure we all realize where we are, what we're doing, all that kind of stuff. Or do you also let them kind of figure it out as, as you go along? Um, I'm pretty real with them. Uh, I tell them, hey, this is a competition. And especially right before the actual auditions happen, I'm like, if you're auditioning for this, the stakes are higher, just a little bit. Um, It is not what defines our department, but it is what helps it um, get seen um, a little bit more. And so I do let them know that. So they are not as naive as I was. And I tell them that story for that purpose so that they can see um, the more, because the more you know, the more, uh, the more information you have, the better right. quality I think will come out of that. So if you're a person that's like mm, competition, I'm okay. Yeah. Or maybe this is not the year for you. You watch what happens on the sidelines and then you're like better prepared for next year. So, um, but yeah, no, yeah. I definitely, I definitely put them. I, <laughs> I lay the, the hammer on. You make them. sure like, they know. Is, yeah. Yeah. Well, good. Yeah. And then uh, I had a couple more things. Uh, one I'm saving for the end because I, I might have more follow-up questions, but I have to mention uh, as a, as a board member for the educator conference for Texas thespians, you talked about something that we're trying to implement uh, it, not intentionally, but you, you talked about that new teacher uh, kind of experience and making sure that new teachers know it's okay to cry and that a bottle of wine or a case of wine is okay to, keep in your, you know, apartment or your house, uh, chocolate's good, depending on, you know, if you like that, but we, you know, we have this new teacher track that we're trying to sort of, um, implement at Texas Thespian Educator Conference in January. And you gave me the idea that maybe we just need to have one of those, uh, a workshop where it's just like you said, keeping it real, you know, the, the, <laughs> not, here's how to have better curriculum in your classroom, or here's how to, uh, the pedagogy element, here's just, here's what you're going to experience when you go home, uh, each, each night. 
because I think that's very, very true. I, I had a, I started at a school that didn't have a tech shop as well, that didn't, you know, great shows, and, and I loved working with Brandon. Uh, the school was amazing, but it just, the amenities weren't there. You know, it just was what it was. So, you know, yeah, you start, you sort of start to feel like, am I doing something wrong? When in actuality, it's just, there's only so much you can do. So uh, you can speak on that, but that leads me into my next little question. But no, I, I think that's a great idea. I know, um, especially I, because I, Mel said it in hers, and like, like, especially tech, technical directors, like yeah. the way you do tech and you build for a show in high school is very different than when you were in the real world yeah. of um, theater. And so a lot of that, especially depends on background too. Like if you don't know what you're getting yourself into, then it's going to seem like you're not doing your job or it's going to seem like you're not doing something right when all these other greats are doing it like it's no one's business. And you, you forget that they've been in there longer and they know the tricks of the trade. And um, that kind of sort of helped me out having all those people in my phone. So I could call and say like, Hey, look, am I doing this right? And they're yeah. like, Oh yeah, that happened to me. Like my second year. And this is how I did it. I'm like, Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> like that happened to Antos uh, Tolson. Okay, great. Cool. Right. I know, <laughs> I know I'm not um, completely um, out of my league, but it is helpful to, and that's why I think it's so important to have those conferences just for teachers because it, it just does something to your psyche to help, especially if you're an only teacher. Right. Like right now, for the first time in my career, I'm the only theater teacher at my school, and it's a lot. It's hard. It's hard work. Yeah, <laughs> it's a lot of it's a lot of hard work, and it's taking a lot of toll on me that I didn't think it would, or I'm not. I, I'm not. I'm not used to um, because I've always had a, uh, somebody else there to help, or even just to vent. Uh, back and forth off of so being solely by yourself it's very draining and it's extraneous and um having those moments like uh, ITS was so great yeah. yes I love my kids going there and like learning stuff like get away from dad I need to I, dad needs to be with his friends yeah. dad, like I need to I need to refill yeah. my fuel just as much as y'all do so um but no I completely agree and I think just having those conversations uh, we had um the the Comel uh, ISD, we had a student teacher come with us and she had a moment where she had to talk to a student and she's like, how do y'all do this? Wiping away <laughs> tears. I'm like, I was like, sweetie, we are raising human beings and that's something they don't tell you. Yeah. We are raising human beings and we have to teach them how to not be douchebags and how to be just nice people. Yeah. If ultimately it's hard work. And that's something that is not in the education books. And it's not in the curriculum. Um, but here's my good number. If you, yeah. need, right. <laughs> if you need any like uh, mentorship, like let me know. And I have a lot of good uh, uh, lesson plans really ready to go for yeah. them. So here's, yeah. here's my recommendation for a nice cab. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that leads me into, cause you, you mentioned hypothetical curriculum, uh, like that just I mean I'm sure that could be a whole conversation in itself but uh, do you still have that curriculum how did you come up with the curriculum did you kind of beg borrow steal from from friends and social media and stuff I know a lot of teachers do that that's that's okay that's another thing you can tell new teachers hey you don't have to reinvent the wheel uh, it's okay to kind of go online and beg borrow and steal but um, speak on the hypothetical curriculum because that that really that made my antenna go up um, it was a lot of, uh, it was a little bit of all of that put together. Um, I'm a very, um, 
the Spanish word is terco person. And that's just another word for like hard-headed, um, <laughs> a hard-headed person. And so I was like really wanting to make sure that my curriculum was my curriculum. And I um, was really formatting something that would help my kids. And because I didn't have a shop and because I didn't have tools, like nothing, I had absolutely nothing. I had a saw. <laughs> and I brought home some of my personal tools just to help them hold a uh, drill. Um, and we made four uh, platforms, I remember, and they thought it was like the best thing in the world. I was like, that's all I got. <laughs> like, sorry. Um, and so, um, but no, it kind of came from like desperation. <laughs> it came from uh, uh, need, it had to be done. And so what I did was I thought about my um, stagecraft um, courses that I took in college and kind of like put all those together in like a level one type of uh, way and kind of just like, all right, the first unit is going to be um, the basics of learning who's who, right? Then here are the tools and like just basically doing all that stuff. But again, not having the tools, but having pictures of the tools, showing them what they work are, showing them the actual safety if we had a shop, right? Um, um, and everything was hypothetical because like, again, I can't build flats. Normally you would take the lumber, you would show them how to use the tools in order to build it. We didn't have that. So I got popsicle sticks and construction paper and they had to construct the flat knowing what the toggle was, knowing where the rail and where the cap was um, and all the cornerstones and all that stuff. So they had to like, they were building it just in a smaller scale model. So they, I can see and they can prove to me, okay, they've they've mastered that assessment and then moving on to like um lighting like the th like three uh point lighting and learning what that is and saying okay if i wanted a a spooky quote-unquote scary lighting which one would be the key which one would be the fill like show me what that would be and um again a lot of paperwork a lot of coloring a lot of um a very heavy design class. Um, my favorite lesson that came out that year, I it was one of those, those last minute lessons, you know, like the lessons that you're like, oh yeah, I should probably write something really quick. Um, and that was the one that I did for um, makeup. And I grabbed six random objects that I had because, you know, all theater directors have those random stuff. And I put them on a table and I said, all right, four, find your groups of four, go. Count it off. They found the groups, sat together, put together. I'm like, all right, one person's going to be the artist. The other person's going to be the designer. The other person's going to be the model. And the other person's going to be um, the spokesperson. So the model wore the makeup because we all know that there's one student in every group that doesn't want to do stuff, but hey, what? You're going to get your face painted. And then the third, the designer was the one that actually designed it. But of course, the painter kind of helped them out. And then the spokesperson is the one that's actually using the elements and principles of design to explain what happened. And so they all had to grab one of the random six objects and use that object to kind of bring out some kind of design from it. So if it's a Rubik's cube, some kids like put blocks on over the face. Another person just did a Picasso looking thing on their face because that's what they thought the Rubik's cube was. Um, this is when uh, that 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 sci-fi show uh, Face Off um, was on and I just watched an episode of that. I was like, that's what we're doing. And they loved it. And we used the cheap uh, Walmart Halloween makeup that uh, was there. It wasn't the best quality, but they had fun and they, learn design but also the application that design and they're like oh i shouldn't have done that color because it bleeds and I'm like yeah but i'm glad you learned that's the whole point of this um but that was one of my one of my favorite lessons and then also my um the one i got observed for 
And my personal favorite lesson is a stage management one when they're having to call cues and they get so like, what's going too fast? I'm like, I know. So you have to really plan out and rehearse just as much as those actors are rehearsing their lines. And then you have to rehearse as your what your lines are as well. And I always had a student on headset for SM, I had a student on headset for sound, I had a student on headset for the lights. And then students were in the front um, reading the lines and it was from Into the Woods. And so if you know Into the Woods, that first couple pages are really fast. And so um, we I made some sound cues and quick some quick lighting stuff that happened. And they finally got to see like, oh, this is an actual thing. And I found some two of my best stage managers doing that lesson um, out of that because they handled it perfectly. One of them didn't handle it at all, <laughs> and, but was able to learn from it and be amazing. So, um, but yeah, that's what I meant by hypothetical. Like we didn't, that was, I guess that was one of the one that we could actually go into the theater and practice doing. Um, but again, a lot of it was just like, here's what they need to know. And hopefully in my mind, if I was there the next year, I had some more, um, money to buy some of the stuff that we need to do so that I can elevate them even more. And then the next year ones would get all that same lesson hypothetical. And then they level up and get to actually implement that um, idea. And I still do that to this day, even when I was at like a big um, department, like at Harlan, I still did that same uh, concept. There was one week that my theater ones were able to help build because in my mind, my advanced tech, they, they knew what I needed and they knew my, how my like skills worked and how I wanted things. So they were able to get everything built. And then the little level ones came in just to help any little minor things to paint and make it look pretty and all that good stuff. But they all still felt like they had a, uh, a hand in the production. So um, that was their favorite time, but I still do it to this day. Level one, it's all hypothetical. And then it levels up to the actual right. implementation. Level up. I like that gaming terminology. Uh, so I want to, <laughs> I want to, I want to get you out of here on this last little bit. You, you talked about your most recent uh, change, your most recent school change, uh, being sort of uh, at that last minute, that eleventh hour, if you will. A lot of teachers are afraid of that, afraid of pulling that. That well, I don't want to say pulling that trigger, that I, even though I just said it, but you know, kind of, kind of getting that over that hump, if you will, because uh, they're either not happy where they are, they, you know, they they want to just move on, and the job sometimes does come open at the most inconvenient time. Uh, what is it, a what is it about moving and, uh, moving on and, and taking that leap of faith and just knowing everything's going to be all right. I want you to kind of just speak on that and, and reassure to those people, because I know right now, especially mental health for teachers is, is, you know, really right up there at the forefront and taking care of yourself. And that if something does come along at the middle or end of July of this summer, and you feel good about it, do it, even though you might be, you know, you might, might be letting some people down, but at the same time, you never know what they're going to get. They might get somebody, uh, a diamond in the rough as well that comes through and, and helps them out. So I want you to speak on that just a little bit. Um, I think, uh, because everyone's like listening to my, my resume, like, wow, he jumped around a lot. And I'm like, <laughs> yes, I did. Um, but that kind of helped right. out a little bit. I think uh, the hardest one for me was leaving East Central and those babies and working with um, an incredible coworker. Um, but it's something I knew I had to do for myself because I knew where I wanted to be. Um, and so I didn't know if this next step was it, but I knew it was a step, you know? Um, and then when I got that call, it was the hardest call decision to make. And um, even I saw some of my kids at ITS and they kind of like cornered me like, Ramirez, 
why did you leave? I was like, you guys don't understand. <laughs> like, y'all are the reason why I didn't want to leave. But um, again, something Gloria McLucky told me, she's like, she said, and I, and I tell the other students, um, uh, I'm misquoting her, of course, but she said, um, there will always be students wherever you are needed. And so that kind of always rings in the back of my head with my my decisions. And so I had to pull myself, pull the heart out of being a teacher. And I had to think logic and like, okay, this is my career. Ultimately, we have to remember that this is our career that we do. And so is this going to be a beneficial step to the career path that I want? Um, if yes, then go for it. There's no... Um, Again, it was just a leap of faith. I didn't think I was going to get it because I didn't think I was qualified for it. And then there were, um, then there's that doubt, like, okay, if it's not, then don't go for it, right? If you're happy where you're at, if you're content where you're at, then go, then that should be fine. But if you're not content where you're at, I'm kind of the person that makes the decision, especially the cast list. Um, if I, I make a whole bunch of different cast lists, right? Because <laughs> it's hard to break hearts, but I, I choose one and I try to like, be at peace with it but if i'm not at peace with it then that's not the one then i get another one i try to do it if i'm at peace with it then it's not the one until i have peace of mind then i'm like okay well this is it this is the one and um that kind of happened i was like in my mind i was like I, I'll, I'll be okay if i stay i'll be okay if i stay i'll, I'll do great things the kids are great my partner's great um but is it what i want um then that's kind of what solidified that action but again we have to be selfish in a way, because it's our careers, we forget that. But um, again, those words from Gloria McLucky, there will always be kids uh, to teach wherever you're at. And that's, that's kind of ranked, ranked throughout my entire career. Minor wisdom.